0: It's the girls' room, toy room, was it's called. Uh, there's a light flickering, and the sun's bright, and you know it's not lightning. So what is it? It's a light that's fixing to go out. Had the same thing happen in the bedroom. Light's flickering. What is it? It's a light that's fixing to go out. But Jesus is a light that never goes out, never flickers. I'm so thankful for that this morning. You got your Bibles today, if you would go with us to the book of Leviticus, the 19th chapter. We're going to talk about a few words. The main word is turn. I didn't look up every time the word turn is found in the Bible. It's found several uh, times there, and I I won't try to tell you how many because I don't remember. Uh, But I'm going to look at some verses this morning. We won't go through all of them. Uh, but I've got about 18 verses here today, and we'll just look at a few of them. Leviticus chapter 19, if you would stand with us this morning and we begin reading in verse 1. Leviticus 19, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and saying to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbath, I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to excuse me, nor make to yourselves molten gods, I am the Lord your God. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. Father, this morning, I thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy and your grace ask you, dear God, today to help us, Lord, to preach thy word. Nothing more, nothing less. And help us, Father, this morning, I pray, to heed and listen to what thou sayest. And we'll give you glory, Father, today in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Eleven times the word, turn ye, are found together in Scripture. And if you think about it this way, there was 12 disciples, but only 11 of them followed Jesus. Judas did not. And you and I have this morning the opportunity not only to continue if we are following him, but to help others to turn to him so that they too would follow him. I thought about it today and, and think about this as we come to church. A lot of times we're preaching only to the choir, it seems like. But this is the aspect that we have this morning that if we are the choir, then we ought to be helping others to turn from the way that they're in. If we're the choir, we ought to make sure that we are turned towards God and never turning away from God. And by the way, the word word turn ye is found there is often in text to turning from, but there are some times where he tells us not to turn from him. And he'll say, turn ye not. You think about it this morning, church, we ought not be turning from God, but making sure that we're turning to God. And look at the thing there, this, I, I don't list, think about my Bible context sometimes as far as the way that they uh, list things out there and the titles they put in it, But but this was a pretty good one, personal conduct. It's a personal responsibility to you and I this morning to make sure that we keep our lives where they need to be. I can't do it for you and you cannot do it for me, but I will say this, we can help one another if we strive to do the things of God and encouraging one another so that we don't turn the wrong ways. And by the way, the Bible does tell us that there's much wisdom in many counselors and it's talking about the counseling of God and godliness there, not talking about other people. Because I can tell you, I could go out this morning and I could find... Hundreds of people to tell me to do something that would be contrary to God. Real easy. But when you seek the counsel of godly people, one of the things they'll do is they'll pray, they'll think about the scriptures, they'll give you an answer in godliness as opposed to ungodliness. So the Bible says there's much wisdom in many counselors. He's talking about godly counsel there. And I know a lot of people try to twist the word of God, but we won't this morning. But he said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I am holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We find in the New Testament it says, Be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Jesus has declared his holiness and telling us to be holy. And we cannot be holy without our faith and our trust in God. In Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. We will not sustain a life of holiness. We abide in the word of God and the counsel of God. Hey church, I'll say this this morning. Without the Holy Ghost, I've said this many times. There are people who think you can get saved. And then later on, you do enough good or you get enough righteousness of yourself that you'll you'll get the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you this morning, without the Holy Ghost, you can't live for God. You can't do it. Good people strive, but they're lost. Saved people should strive and follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they're saved. He's made a place in their lives. He said, you shall fear every man his mother and his father. I'm going to tell you something right now. Father's Day, uh, we call I call it Dad's Day, but if you want to say father with a small letter F there, uh, is coming up next week, and I will say this. Children no longer fear their parents because their parents are afraid of their children. You think about it for a second. child goes to school, gets told, if your mom or dad whoops you, you can call this number and we'll turn them in for beating you, abusing you. And so now the parents don't do anything. Have you ever thought about it this way? How many times have you been in Walmart and you'd like to took that little squirt that was throwing up and whooped him yourself? And the parents just sitting there, it'd be all right. I'm sorry. They're apologizing, doing all kinds of things. I'm telling you something. My dad wouldn't whoop me when he got outside the store, he'd whoop me going through the store. And when we got outside the store, we'd get a few more. And the Bible simply says that God says that we are to fear our parents. The fear is respect, it's honor. God, when God says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, it's another understanding of respect and and honor. It's not that you're supposed to cower off in a corner somewhere. It's that you're supposed to realize who is in authority. And let it be that way, church. It's not supposed to be the other way around. Didn't mean to go that far, but I went. I said, keep my Sabbath. Keep his Sabbath, his day. A day belongs to God. Have you ever thought about that? A day belongs to God. And in, the, in the New Testament it says don't let them argue with you over what the Sabbath is. You know, I, I'll put it to you this way. I have to have some time down, all right? Coming to church and preaching, it's a wonderful thing, but I'm going to tell you something, church, at the end of the day I'm worn out. A couple of messages at my age, I didn't believe it when the older ministers used to say, Brother Ernie, when you get to be my age, uh, you're going to preach two messages, and, and you're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out. And I thought to myself, I'm not tired and worn out. It will just be a breeze to go. But I'll tell you, if I preach good and preach hard after morning service, I go over there and sit down, I might fall asleep before Lynette gets lunch. After dinner, I will fall asleep. And I go home on Sunday night, I'm tired. I love my job as far as what God has called me to do in this aspect. But I worked seven days this week. I didn't have an off day. You say, Brother Ernie, why not? Because I'm working today. I'm working hard for the Lord, for you, for myself. I need some time down every so often. I, I'll be honest with you. I can't declare every Sunday simply as a Sabbath. Sunday to me is the day of worship. It's the day of honoring God. It is a Sabbath day, but I'm telling you, sometimes I work hard. So I might take off Monday night. I might take off Saturday. And you might say, Brother Ernie, what are you doing? I'm doing nothing. Only what I have to. But he said he's got the Sabbath day, church you dedicate, and I dedicate more time to God, God will do things for us, with us, and to us. I'll just be honest with you. I I want God to show up every time we come to service together. You say, well, Brother Ernie, you're saved. You come in. Let me tell you something. I I know that. And I've said many times where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them because that's what he says. But I'm going to tell you something, church. When the Spirit of God shows up and begins working in lives. In other words, we come with the attitude and the mindset, this is God's day, this is God's time, it's God's will to be done. Hey, I'm just here to be what what, what God wants me to be, I'm here to do what God wants me to do, but I'm also here to do with what God wants to do with. And we let God show up. And we let God move. And we let him do the thing. In other words, we turn the service from what we're wanting and we turn it to God. It's all about God. He goes on to say, he says, turn ye not unto idols. Nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Now, we would say, brother, I don't turn to idols, but listen to me carefully. How, how many of us can, and, and brother Gary, I think you shared it with me several years ago that the average attention span of adults is somewhere around 20 to 25 minutes. And, and you know why? We, we start thinking about other things. But, but can I tell you something real simple here this morning? Well, I understand. Hey, listen, in a meeting, they'll say something and I'll go hear. I mean, just after about 20 minutes, I listen. I, I, I begin to think about stuff. But, but when it comes to church, after 25 minutes of me or 25 minutes of singing, we ought to not be turning to idols. We ought to be turning to God. Hey, if you can't listen to me for more than 25 minutes, at the end of the 20, 25 minutes, instead of just shutting me off and thinking about lunch and thinking about work and thinking about this or thinking about that, start praying. Don't get distracted by the world. Don't let the idols begin to come in. Instead, push the idols out. and Think about God. What would God like to do at the end of a service? I mean, think about it that way. What would God like to do in the middle of a service? When God shows up, things do transpire and happen if we are turned from the idols and turned to God makes a difference. Verse number 5, and if you offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord, you shall offer it at your own will. How many of you think of Romans chapter 12 as soon as that comes on? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You do it. Don't, don't, be, don't be coerced. Don't be forced. Just do it. Offer to God. If you're going to give him an offering, do it free will, so to say. That's why we're called free will Baptist, by the way. In one aspect, we do things free will. The other thing is we feel like we have a free will. God doesn't make me show up. God doesn't make me stand here. God doesn't make me tell you these things. God doesn't make me be a Christian. See, God called, I answered, and praise God. When he called and I answered, he received. And I received. And therefore, stand this morning, not out of grudgingness, not out of being made to, but because I love the word of God. I offer up freely. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 21, it says, And turn ye not aside, then said you go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Now, now you say, Brother Ernie, the context there, listen to the context. Don't turn from God. Don't turn aside from the will of God. Hey, you, you know how many people <clears throat> would look at the Bible and they'll say, you know what? I just don't have time for the Bible. I don't have time for prayer. I don't have time for God's Word. But I got time for a four-hour baseball game. I got time for a four-hour football game. I got time for a two-and-a-half-hour basketball game. You say, why are you picking on that? Well, you know, I like sports. Why well, pick on you when I can pick on myself? I got time to go shopping. Hey, you know what? Some people even say this. I would rather go outside and paint the house than to read the Word of God. I just don't got time for the Word. When we don't make time for God, church, we run out of time fast. We turn around. Look at, look at what he says there. Turn not aside from the, for then should you go after vain things. When you turn apart from this Word, when you turn apart from God's will, hey church, can I say this? There are people who'll drive by the front side of the building and today they don't have time to come to church. And they think, I'm just not going to church. But what they're saying is, I don't have time for God. But you let them get right down there and they run out of gas or they have a flat tire. Or they get to the grocery store and they ain't got enough for what they want. They'll show up at God's house asking God to do something for them. They ain't got time for God. But they'll make time when they want something. Sounds a lot like Christian people. Huh? Ain't got enough time for God today. I've got things i got to do. But boy, let something go amiss. We want God to take time for us. I mean, I... I'm bad about this. It's hard for me to say, would you pray for me? You know, I love my wife, and and I know she doesn't want me to stand up here and tell you all all the things that she goes through from time to time, and, and, and her migraine headaches, but you know, every so often I feel like, if I just say, would you take time to pray for us? And I feel selfish. How we ought to feel about God. When we don't take time to pray. and we don't take time to pray for others. And all we do is pray for ourselves. Think about it, church, for just a minute. We ought to be careful when we turn because most of the time we turn to vain things. He said, which cannot profit nor deliver. They can't even deliver you from your problems. You know, the Bible talks about idols, and it says, you know, they have ears, but they hear not. They have eyes, but they see not. They have mouths, but they they say not. They have hands, but they, they move not. They have feet, but they're carried. Why? Because they're nothing. They're idols. And yet my God has eyes, and he sees. His eyes are upon the righteous. My God has ears, and he hears. He said he hears the cries of the righteous. My God has a mouth and he speaks. That's why I know the word is here. He says to me, I am the Lord, your God. Follow after me. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor in heaven. Hey, he has a mouth and he speaks. He has hands. And he says, my hand is not shortened that I cannot reach. And I love it when the Bible says that God bears his holy arm. (laughs) I mean, tell you, church, there are things you think about. And then what does God say? Walk with me. A hey, church. He's not vain. But everything outside of that is. I'll be honest with you. If, you. if you take time to do things without God, what do you expect to spend an eternity with Him for? Just be honest. I, I'll, I'll skip down. Like I said, I don't have enough time to get through all of these. But let, let's just jump down into the book of Ezekiel chapter thirty three ezekiel chapter thirty three and if you want my no, you, you, if you want my printed off verses just tell me I'll, I'll give them to you I'll copy some for you ezekiel chapter thirty three if you would for time's sake, we'll skip down there a few verses, and he says this in verse five: "And he heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning. His blood shall be upon his own, upon him. He that taketh warning shall deliver his soul." Can I say it this way? If you hear the word of God, and you listen to what doth saith the word of God, and you turn from your sinful deeds, you're going to be all right. But if you hear the word of God and you refuse to return, church, you're going to be in trouble. Then jump down a little farther, and he says this, Nevertheless, in verse 9, Nevertheless, if thou wilt warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou shalt deliver thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus, thus he speaks, saying, If the If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, And we pine away in them. How should we live then live? Saying to them as I live as saith the Lord God. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Let me say something church right there. I have this verse saved on my phone. Because of that very thing there. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God does not desire for one to be lost. He desires for all to be saved. The long suffering of God leadeth. Us under repentance, but if you're going to be led of God, you got to turn from the way you're going on your own. Think about it. You we all know this song, this saying, right? When it's raining outside and the street's flooded, what's the saying? Turn around, don't drown. Well, turn to God and go up. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Say unto them, as I, liveth, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye. Look at that carefully there, church. A double witness in the verse there. He says, I don't have a desire for you to die and go to hell. I don't have a desire for you to die without me. Turn ye, turn ye. That's a plea from God. How many of us say this when Paul says, I beseech you, Paul is pleading. We say, well, God don't plead, darling. Oh, I beg to differ with you. God was pleading on the cross of Calvary when Jesus had his hands out. And he said, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he looks at the thief and he says, this day thou shalt be with me in peril. He was putting out a plea there. He's saying, hey, I'm doing this for you. I'm asking God not to put this charge, this sin upon you, but rather this. I'm saying to God, accept them. And Jesus is pleading with you and I, why else would He say, "Come, We read the Bible a lot of times like we, we we're talking about our least favorite thing. You ever thought about that? I, I'll be honest with you, 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 you know this. I, liver no way, no, no way. And onions with liver. Absolutely no way. I mean to tell you, I would have to be starving. And I'm not lying about that. But somebody comes up to me and they say, you want some liver and onions? No, thank you. No, no way. Oh, man, i am telling you what. I, I don't want no liver. No, no. I, I mean to tell you, we start to get a little bit even adamant about it. And we might make light of it. And we'll have, everyone's like, no, oh, no. And then we go to talk about God's word. Well, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You are more adamant about not eating liver and onions than you are about the deliverance of Jesus Christ from your sins. You ever thought about it? A lady the other day, and, and I told Neda to do this, uh, I, she posted on, on Facebook that she had went and bought $138 worth of yarn, and she only spent 30 something dollars to do it. And, and I thought, well, no, hey, we we found the same cell. You tell them what you saved. And how many times do you get on Facebook just to say, you know what? I love God. God's been good to me today. God's blessed me. I mean, tell you, God is just wonderful. And and I'll tell you, you won't get as many comments and shares on that as you will on yarn sales. But listen to me, you'll do a better deed. You know, telling people about Jesus is not wrong, it's right. Think about it. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? That's a plea from God. He's saying, why do you want to die like that? Why will you die like that? Turn, turn. had another one in the book of Zechariah I was going to look at, but I'll skip back, skip forward a little bit if you would, or skip backwards in your Bible. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I, like I said, I, like, I, I don't listen to the titles a lot of times, but I like this one here. It's called the Rewards of Repentance. When you turn to God, you get a reward greater than anything you ever imagined in your life called salvation. Eternal life with God as opposed to eternal life without God. Your body is going to die. My body is going to die. God designed it to grow and die. God did something nobody else could do, by the way. But one of these days, my body dies, but my soul returns to the Lord who gave it. And when I stand before God, God will either say unto me, welcome in or depart from me. The choice is simple this morning. I want to go with God, so I turn to God to follow after God, not away from God. But can I tell you this morning, church, there's a reward for repentance But there's also a reward for resistance of repentance. One is heaven, the other is hell. And I don't care who you are, you're going to one of those two places. Just be honest. You're going to one of the two. There is no alternative. You know, people say, well, I don't really want to go here and I really don't want to go there, so I'll just stay where I'm at. No, you're going to one of the two. If you drop down into verse 3, it says, That then the Lord thy God will return to thy captivity. Well, if I do that, you're going to miss a lot. Verse 1, I'll try to read fast. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come to pass upon thee. The blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. Now just think about it this way you got a choice to make, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thine soul. There is a stipulation. It's not a verbal commitment. It's a spiritual commitment. It's a body commitment. With all thine heart and with all thine soul. It's not simply this. Well, I'll go to church tomorrow. And then you don't go. Why? Because your heart and your soul wasn't in. God, I promise I will read my Bible later, and you don't. I'll say my prayers later, and you don't. I promise, God, I will do better next time, and you don't. You didn't have a heart change. You didn't have a soul change. Matter of fact, you spoke something you didn't even mean because you thought you could get away with it like you do in real life. You tell somebody, well, I'll do better next time. And you know that you're not going to do better next time. You're just going to not make sure they don't know you did next time. He said, with all the heart, with all. So then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity in compassion and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If Any of thine be driven out. God's going to do work, church, in Israel. He's going to do work in our lives under the uttermost parts of heaven. From thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. He's going to reach farther than you and I can understand there. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land of thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And I will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. He's going to bless the church, I'm telling you. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with uh, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, uh, which persecute thee, and thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord. And all do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land for good. For, for the Lord thy God will again rejoice for, over thee. For good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. To keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book. unto If thou will turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Can I tell you church. He's told you multiple times right here. If you turn to me I will work and bless. Can I tell you something this morning. I used to think about this a lot of times, I thought, boy, you know, if you preach too hard, Brother Ernie, nobody's going to come to church, the church ain't going to like you, nobody, and yet my Bible tells me over and over again, if you turn to God, He's going to bless you, He's going to bless you, He's going to bless you. What does that tell the church, church? If we're serious and we turn to God, God's going to bless. I've said this many times. Many times, and I I, I promise you with all my heart, I believe with all my heart, it's not a numbers game with me. It's a spiritual blessing that I want to see. I don't care if we never have a full house in the aspect of this, that, that nobody, uh, the, the house doesn't fill up because everybody wants us and loves us. Hey, if they love God, I don't care if they're not here, as long as they're somewhere serving God in a real church, a Bible-believing preaching church, I can live with that. But as we who are here are growing spiritually, that's what I want. You can't help somebody if you ain't there yourself. Church, when I say show up, I mean show up for God. Not for me, for God. I already used a few of the verses that I had here this morning. Close with these thoughts to hear these three verses. I'll read these if you would stay in. I want to read these to you. Isaiah 59 and 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that he cannot save; neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why did you read those? Because it says, Behold, which is to listen. Understand, pay attention to. The Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. And then the next ones I have highlighted are come unto me. And it's two times there, incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. Church, I'll tell you something this morning. I read God's word and I see God begging all the time, not, not begging in need, but begging in desire, pleading that you and I will come to him and follow him and love him. Because he loves us. He came unto his own and his own receiving not. But as many as received him, gave he the power to become the sons and daughters of God. What are you saying, brother? Ernie? He come to you. Why won't you come to him? He's done done it. So let's do it. Would you come this morning?